If you've got your Bible tonight, let's look at Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. And take, let's take uh, a moment and pray. Father, thank you tonight for your goodness. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the Spirit of God who is at work in our lives and in our midst. Lord, we ask that you reveal yourself to us and reveal your word to us tonight. Help us to see things we haven't seen before. Help us to be stirred up in things that need to be brought back to our remembrance. Lord, we just look to you tonight and thank you for your help in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Last week, we began speaking to you about this subject of knowing God. And I have a few more thoughts along those lines tonight that I want to share with you. And so let's read Philippians chapter 3. You remember in verse 10, the Apostle Paul wrote here, "...that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection." And the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Notice the language Paul uses there. That I may know him. And of course earlier he talked about he counted all things lost in verse 8. For the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord. And so we're talking about knowing God. Is it possible for a person, for a human being to know God? Uh, most of us would probably quickly answer yes, and, and that is the right answer. But how many know out in the world that's, not, that's pretty much a foreign concept for someone to literally uh, to know God, to be on you know, first-name basis, <laughs> to be able to have an appointment at any time, to actually meet with Him. And it's real. Because so many times when people out in the world today... And of course, we've all come from there, and so unless our minds have been renewed, we could still think that way. But too many times people have uh, a religious mindset about God and about faith, and they talk about faith in such a way where that's almost synonymous with religion, and that's just almost more like a code that we live by. And, and certainly we know there are elements of our lives that are principled and we live by certain principles and, and what the Lord says. We don't want to take anything away from that. But how many know it goes much further than that? It's not just uh, my faith is not just a code that I live by or a religious set of, of rules or values. It's in a person. The Lord is a person that I know. I know Him, and He knows me, and we talk, and we hang out. We're together. We do things together. We enjoy life together, and that's the way God intended it. Not just He would have creation, and He would watch us run around, like almost like we would run, you know, watch uh, uh, some mice run around a cage or something, and God's just, He created us way down there, and, and He's just letting us... He's kind of entertain him and do our little thing. That's not the relationship that God wanted with us. God, God's relationship with us is not the same as your relationship with your pet. <laughs> he really made us on his level, not as God's, but he made us in his likeness and in his image so he could have fellowship with us, 
so we could have a relationship. And it's not so much about us just doing everything to his liking, although, of course, we do want to do things right. Uh, but it's about having a relationship with him. Amen. I was, I was watching somebody in here sent me a video. I forget who. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, it, was a, it, it was an interview with um, a quarterback for team going to the Super Bowl here in a couple of weeks with, with Kurt Warner and his family. And, and his wife was talking about, uh, uh, about when they were first dating and Kurt wasn't saved yet. And he said, she said, our dates pretty much revolved around he would play with the kids. She had a couple of children. He would play with the kids. They'd go to bed and then we'd argue about religion. <laughs> And because she, she she was saved and and uh, ba- basically she he hadn't gotten the concept and I thought it was interesting she said he didn't really understand that it, that this was supposed to be a relationship and he just had some religious ideas and it's all about religion and now well you know I don't know if some of you probably don't know him but um, he and I we hung out at a game actually a few months ago <laughs> after Monday night football I've got pictures if you need to see them. <laughs> Actually, I did get a chance to talk to him after a Monday night football game. But uh, uh, anyway, it, it's very evident he got the relationship thing down. And, and now he's all about, you can't, you know, when they won the NFC uh, title just this last week, you can't put the mic in, microphone in front of his face without him talking about Jesus. And, you, and I watched several interviews and every one, he comes up there with his Bible. <laughs> to do the sports interview sets so his bible down and just want to thank the lord first and <laughs> and uh and and but he got the relationship part wasn't planning on talking about that but i watched the video today and there it came up in my mind so uh but that's what our our, our walk with god is supposed to be about not just a religious set of rules not just a bunch of do's and don'ts but it is a relationship and you and i can actually know god it is his desire for us and, you know, last week we were talking some about not, not allowing our walk with God to become mechanical and just being going through the rituals or just just going through the principles. And sometimes I teach that way, and, uh, and that's fine. I mean, I, I, I'm not backing off from that, you know, three steps to this, four steps to this, do these things. And, and that's a way to teach and understand, but, under, uh, but we need to understand that it's all to the end of having a having an intimate fellowship with God. In fact, that's what that word there meant where Paul said that I may know him. It's a knowing that is experiential, okay? Like we said to you before, the Bible uses that word know. Uh, it's a Hebrew word in this case, but when Adam it says that Adam knew his wife, all right? And we know what happened after that. She got pregnant. <laughs> but knowing God is in a spiritual sense, but it is in an intimate, intimate uh, relational aspect, and it's an experience that we have with Him. We could say, in response to the question, what does it mean to know God? In one sense, it just means that a person's saved. All right? Do you know the Lord? We, if you're saved, you would say yes. I know the Lord. But we know from a practical, experiential standpoint, we are also getting to know Him. All right? We know Him in here, but we're getting to know Him up here. And it's through our experiences with Him and our time spent that we get to know the Lord more and more and more. In one sense, we could say, what does it mean to know God? 
Well, same thing it means for you to know someone else. Same thing it means for you to know a friend. Same thing it means for you to know a spouse. In this regard, what do you mean I know God? I know what he likes. I know what he doesn't like. You know what God likes, what he doesn't like? How many know if you spend a lot of time around a person, you will know that. You'll find out what they like, what they don't like. You know their characteristics. You, you find out the type of things that they say. And you're able to quickly recognize when they say or do something that it is of them. And I know this, that God is interested in what we like. Do you know that if you like to uh, knit... Uh, that God's interested, I mean, not that he doesn't know about it already, but if he didn't, he'd be interested in it just because you are. If you like to go skiing, uh, God likes skiing. Do you know why? Because you do. He really does. He really takes that interest. It's just like uh, me with my kids. There's some things they do that I don't care about just in myself if it were apart from them but because they like it well i take an interest in it i'm interested in what they want to do just because they want to do it amen you know i would probably never go to a store that has a bunch of old stuff and little <laughs> little knickknacks and like re, like refurbished stuff. What do you call that? <laughs> and all that. I, I, I would have never been in one of those in my life. But I've been in them quite a few times <laughs> over the years. Not because that's my inherent interest. But because somebody else <laughs> is interested in that. <laughs> And I'm sure this will be used against me. (laughs) Don't you want to go here? No. But I do. Okay. (laughs) But the Lord is interested in things that we're interested in. But of course there are limitations to that. If we're getting in the flesh, the Lord's not interested. (laughs) If it's sinful in any way, if it's unholy or contrary to the nature of God, the Lord's not going there with you. All right, but if I want to know him, I I do need to find out what he likes. If I want to be close to him, I need to understand what he likes. Just like I think I use the illustration, but uh, in some fashion. But if a man is pursuing a woman, it will do him well to find out what she likes. All right, what type of restaurant she likes to go to, or what type of entertainment she likes, or things like that, and that will help her help him in his pursuit to be close to her. And if we want to be close to the Lord, of course, let's find out. What does he like? Where does he like to go? Where does he like to meet? What, what does he like to talk about? And you'll find that he'll be talkative. You ever found that about some people who are really shy? And you try to have a conversation with them and it's just not going anywhere. And you say, so how's it going? Good. You? Good. And it's uncomfortable. And, so, and you're searching. You finally, you get on the right subject. 
And the person who doesn't have anything to say, all of a sudden has a lot to say. And you find out that it just opens the conversation right up. Do you know there's sometimes you may be talking to the Lord and He's not saying much? Not that He can't. But when you get on the right subject, here He goes. Don't always, this is just a side note, I think. But don't always just talk to the Lord about what you want to talk about. Sometimes pay attention and say, Lord, what should we talk about today? I'm talking about prayer, you know. When I say talk to Him, that's prayer. It's not all about, I need to pray. Okay, here's my list. I need to cover these things. Well, not that that that's always wrong, but have you ever thought about the Lord's list? Say, does the Lord have them? Absolutely. When I say it absolutely as a list, I mean He has things in mind because He's aware of everything. He knows what's going on. He knows what you need. He knows what someone else, He knows needs of other people that you don't know about. Might want to talk to you about those for a while. Amen. Okay. But we're talking about fellowshipping with God. And uh, true fellowship with the Lord is not born out of I have to, but it's born out of I want to. And there are some times when, of course, in a disciplined Christian life that we make ourselves pray, and that can be helpful and good, or make yourself go to church or read the Bible or something. You make yourself because you know it's the right thing to do. But the vast majority of our walk with God ought not be that way. It needs to come out of I want to. I don't want to become a Pharisee where I'm just living by the laws, trying to obey every jot and tittle and, and, and do everything like that. I want it to come out of a desire for the Lord. And that's important that we have that. Say, but I don't. Uh, well, I believe some of these things are almost like an acquired taste. Not that the Lord's bitter first off or anything like that, but you know that's the case with sometimes with different types of food. If someone says, I don't really like that. Well, if you make yourself eat it long enough, you get used to it. And before you know it, you like it. Before you know it, you start wanting it. That's hard to believe at the beginning. But if you go to read your Bible and it's like, this is not fun. Keep reading. And you go the next day and think, ah, read it anyway and get in a habit and you'll find yourself drawn to that you'll want to be with him you'll want to spend more time with the Lord it'll be something that's a natural part of your life and when it comes out of desire oh that's when things get good that's when things really make a whole lot of sense believing uh, that God is how many know isn't really not enough remember the scripture over in Hebrews chapter 11 it said the person who comes to God must believe that He is. And. So I believe in God. Fine. So does the devil. I believe that God exists. Fine. That's a good starting point. But that's way low. Alright. And even in that verse He says, And that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. We've got to know something about Him. We've got to know more than that. The fact that just God is. But we know that He does things. What does God do? Well, I know one thing. He rewards. And it helps me to know that about Him. How do you want to know Christ? Well, Paul said in this verse, 
This is a challenge now. He said, not the first part. He said, I, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. I like that. You happy about that? Resurrection power. Come on. I want to know God and I want to know power. I want to experience the resurrection power. And we have in the new birth. Thank God. But he, he also added that second line. And the fellowship of his sufferings. E. I don't really want to know that part. Well, here's the deal. If we're going to walk with Him, we're going to have fellowship with the Lord. This is part of the equation. Some might not understand that, but we're talking about uh, we're talking about things that are brought on because of one's allegiance to Christ. Because a person is dedicated to Him, there are some things in life that they suffer. It's the absence of doing what you want to do all the time. It's denying the flesh. It is the persecution of those who don't know Him. But do we know Him enough that we would even hurt for Him? And we're talking about someone walking with the Lord, and there are times when because of a person's commitment and dedication to the Lord that they hurt in some area. There are times when people are shunned, when people are pushed aside or in some places in the world killed. But most of the time, you know, it's not coming to that. But uh, things happen because of one's commitment to the Lord. Are we willing to go that far with Him? Say, Lord, I want to know You, and I want to know Your goodness. I want to know Your resurrection power. He says, okay, but part of this walk, part of this experience that You're going to have with me, You're going to deal with some ugly people. You're going to deal with some situations that come against you. Are you going to walk with me even though that's part of the equation? Paul said, I want to know you even in that. (laughs) I I want to know you in everything. You're in my life when someone's attacking me. You're in my life when everything's, we're on the top of the hill. Amen. And uh, and, uh, we'll get into a little bit more, uh, maybe a little bit of that in, in, in in a bit here. But I ask the question, how can one know God? How can a person know God? Number one, I got three things. Three steps. <laughs> Not necessarily steps, but three. How can one know God? Number one, inquire of those who do. Inquire of those who do. It is very uh, real that you can you can understand and know by listening and being around a person. If they're talking about someone they know firsthand, or if they're just a parrot, and they're just repeating something they read, something they heard, something that someone else who knew God said, okay? And, you know, we got examples of that in the Bible, where people would cry out, Son of David, have mercy on me, and they weren't even of the household of Israel. They're just using borrowed phraseology, and wondering why things didn't work. All right, people do that sometimes with the Lord, and they heard someone else say it a certain way, so they said it that way. Now, uh, it's not wrong to say something the way and uh, somebody else said it, but here's what we all need. We all need firsthand experience with the Lord. It's not that it's, it's wrong at all to learn from others. We all do that. I have learned much, much, much from others. But I also need to have a relationship with God that's just He and me. Okay, just a relationship where I'm getting stuff, stuff direct. Okay, 
And you hear me at times teach and explain how for some in the context of gathering together, how we're not going to get everything directly from God. And you've heard me teach that, that, that many times. Now I'm saying the other side because it's also true. You do need to get some stuff directly from Him. And there's no amount of teaching that I can do. There's no amount of worship leading that, that, that can happen in the church that can substitute or replace you and He all alone. Where you're talking. And He's talking. And He's listening. And you're listening. And He moves. And it's real. It's an experience that you have with Him. I'm getting off my point. But inquire of those who do. Uh, it's good. For, I'm, almost, I'm almost getting off and saying the opposite of my point here, aren't I? <laughs> uh, <laughs> those who do know the Lord are apt to talk about Him. The people you're around, are they apt to talk about the Lord or is it kind of strange to bring up the subject? You know, when some, you talk about the Lord and there's a sparkle, there's an interest, there's participation in the conversation. And others, you bring up the Lord and the, the conversation goes dead. <laughs> there's silence, they don't know what to say, they don't have really a response because you can tell they don't know the person you're talking about. You know how when you see someone maybe you haven't seen for a while, maybe someone you went to high school with and you run into them after many years and you get to talking, how you doing? And then, then you, oftentimes the conversation will be to other classmates. Have you seen so-and-so? Whatever happened to them? And if you both knew them, yeah, that, that sparks the conversation. It's like, yeah, what happened? What, oh, really? They're doing that? I can't believe that. And you go off and you're having this fun conversation about somebody you know. And it's likewise that way with the Lord. When the Lord, the Lord was moving this way. And the Lord said this. And, and did you read over here in, in, in Matthew when he said this? And it sparks a conversation with those who know him. But oftentimes you can tell when a person doesn't because it's just not there. It just lacks that relationship. And I don't want to be just around those. I don't want to be listening to those, whether it's on TV or radio or reading a book of someone who just gives me technical knowledge, who just has a, some type of theological exposition. I want to hear from someone who knows God. I remember reading a book uh, a while back. This book uh, had a lot to do with uh, miracles and uh, moving in the supernatural. Our students at the, at the Bible school know this. And uh, I thought it was interesting. There was a statement that guy made that I won't quote word for word. But he said, and this, this sounds extreme, but this is what he said. He said, I won't listen to or read the book of anyone who doesn't have miracles in their life. And I thought, Wow. Now, this guy does, has amazing things happening, and he's a pastor, and people in his church are having stuff go happen, miracles and healings and stuff through all the people in his church. But he has such a strong commitment to that type of ministry, he said, I won't even read anything else. If you're going to talk to me about whatever subject it is, if you don't have miracles, I'm not listening to you. 
I thought, that's interesting. However, when it comes to knowing God, I think that's an interesting point there. What are we feeding on? Listening to someone who doesn't know God or listening to someone who does have an intimate, personal relationship with Him. And then when they talk about Him, it comes from a different place than just an academic study. They're talking about someone and it's like, it almost seems like they know Him. They talk to the Lord and it's like they know Him. Don't you want that? Man, I tell you what, I want that to come out of me. Not just for that purpose, but I want to, like Paul, I know him, but I want to know him. I do know him, and I'm getting to know him more, but the more I'm around him, the more I like him. Number two, how can we get to know him? Number two, read his book. (laughs) If you want to know about someone and they've got a book, that's a good way to find out. The Lord's got a book. You've got a book out. Bestseller of all time. He's got a pretty good book. And if I want to get to know him, I should read what he said. Again, though, when we talk about reading the Bible, reading the book, we shouldn't read it just from a mentality like we would read Sports Illustrated or, or, or read a novel or, or, or something like that. It, it's a different approach. I need to be reading the words of God as if God were sitting in front of me talking to me. As He were speaking directly into my life. He had a message for me so I could know Him and understand His ways and understand uh, the way things work. And God was talking to me. And that's the way I should approach the Bible. Too, so many times it can, be, again, be mechanical. Especially if you're on a Bible reading program. You ever got behind And you thought, oh, I'm a week behind, or I'm a month behind, and if I don't get caught up, and so you just start reading, you know, speed reading, <laughs> and you're just doing the duty. Well, how many know you don't get any brownie points for that? I mean, no, you're not going to get a reward from heaven because you finished the whole Bible. <laughs> it's for an end result that we get to know Him. I read the Word and I get God's thoughts. And I understand Him more than ever before. I understand His kingdom and His ways. And if I'm not getting any of that when I'm reading, I'm wasting my time reading. Other than, oh, I feel good, I got it done. Somebody asked, did you read your chapter? At least I did. (laughs) Needs to be more to it than that. Look at at the book of John, chapter 5. Is it possible to read the Scripture and not know God? There are are those with many degrees, so-called theologians, scholars, who don't know the Lord. But they can give you Bible history. They can quote some passages, give you a lot of technical jargon, but they don't know the Lord. I remember hearing from a guy years ago. He was uh, talking about he had this church, and his church was just doing really well. And this guy was basically, and he was basically uneducated. Um, again, I don't know how far his education went, but not very high at all. And I'm not saying this to poo-poo education at all. I really believe in it. But th- this guy, his church was just 
popping. Things were happening. And there was another church close by. And the pastor of that church had many, many degrees and uh, highly educated. And it was dead and dry. And, uh, and this guy was asking the other pastor about what in the world's going on here. And he just said, I don't know. I just lay hands, hands on the sick and they recover. And he, he just had, I mean, literally, he just had real simple answers. He wasn't deep, <laughs> couldn't expound on a lot of how things work. I just tell them about Jesus. They get saved. <laughs> I lay hands on them. They get healed. You know, like the, almost like the guy born blind in John 9, they, the Pharisees came questioning him, you know, who did this to you? And he said, I don't know. All I know is I was blind. Now I see. <laughs> They're trying to trap him and get him in trouble. I was just blind, but now I'm not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> can't, can't trap you with that at all. Uh, but it is possible for a person to approach the Word of God with the wrong mindset. To approach, approach the Lord in just a religious way and not actually get to Him. Be speaking into the air and not making any connection. Be praying. There are people who pray many hours. Cry loud. Have great tears. And they get no response. And sometimes people don't understand that. They think, well, what's up with God? Why doesn't He answer them? Doesn't He see their trouble? God is not moved by trouble. He's not moved by a loud voice. He's not moved by tears. Yet he is the most loving and merciful and compassionate person in the universe. He is the author of it. But yet people are coming to him and not getting anywhere. I tell you what, he is moved by faith. When a person says to him, I know you're there and I know you love me and you said this in your word and I ask you, there's a response from God. Whether it's emotional or whether it's not. John 5, verse 39, Jesus said here, You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. Isn't that interesting? Theologians. They were searching the Scriptures. They were studying hard. They were burning the midnight oil. And they were taking time to study the Word of God. And Jesus said, you're missing the point. You're searching. You're studying. You're working hard. They're talking about me. I'm standing right in front of you, and you don't recognize me. Let that not be said about us. That we're... Praying, and we're singing, and we're getting in the Word. And God could speak to us, and we'd say, is that thunder? Huh? Or as Brother Hagin used to say, the Holy Ghost could come by with a red hat on, holding a sign that said, Holy Ghost, and we wouldn't recognize who He is. But it is possible for a person, God forbid, there be that it happen in our church, where we don't recognize what God is saying and doing. Where there's a move of the Spirit, and we all just stand around. I question whether we're a little bit just too ritualistic, or just too religious in our approach to God, and it's not a real relationship. Where if we've been talking a lot, 
we should kind of recognize when he's talking. Amen. Kind of recognize when something is being said that's of God and something that's not. Again, the more we walk with him and know him, the more we will have times when something will be said or done that's contrary to God, you'll instantly know it. You'll instantly be grieved about it. It's like, oh no, something's not right with that. It's just because he's in you and you're around him and you know what he likes and what he doesn't like. Let's make sure when we search the scriptures that we find Jesus. Make sure we come to him. Amen. What's the difference between prayer and reading the word? In one sense, there's not a difference. I mean, is, is prayer talking to God and God talking to us? Is it supposed to be dialogue? Well, in one sense, when I'm reading the word, if I approach it this way, well, what are you doing? Well, I'm just, God's talking to me. So I read John chapter 5, and God was talking to me. Listen for the Lord to speak to you as you read. Look at Genesis chapter 5 with me. This is point number three now. How, how can we know God? Number three, spend time with Him. That's pretty simple. Just like you would spend time with a spouse, with a friend, that's how you would get to know Him. Likewise, uh, when we, if we want to get to know the Lord, we really have to spend some time with Him. You know, Jesus talked about over in John chapter 10 how He is the, the good shepherd. He said, I'm the door. He said, I'm the good shepherd. And He said, my sheep hear my voice. The voice of a stranger they will not follow. Why does He paint that picture? Is He literally a shepherd? Well, I, He doesn't really have sheep, I don't think, that He's walking around heaven. But that was something they understood in their day. A shepherd spent time with the sheep and was talking to them. They recognized their shepherd's voice. And they knew, my shepherd is good. When he talks, we end up in a green pasture. We end up beside some still water. We end up in a, in, in a nice place where there's food and there's, it's a good place to lay. And there's cool water and there's nourishment. And so they listen to their shepherd's voice. What does it take for us to know that? To follow him regularly. To every single day be listening for his voice. Because where he's leading is always a good place. But that's the picture the Lord gave us. In Genesis chapter 5, notice with me in verse 21. It says, Enoch lived 65 years and begot, begot uh, Methuselah. All right, 65 years, 65 years old, he begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch got saved, so to speak. It says, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. All right, so apparently up to 65, he was a heathen. But then after he had Methuselah, he started walking with God. Now, none of us knows what this is like to walk with God for 300 years. But he did. And the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about this guy. But what it does say is very powerful. What did he do? 
He walked with God. Notice it didn't say he got religion. He had Methuselah and decided he got he decided I need to I need to get my family in church. <laughs> being in church is good, but being in church and being in Christ is not the same. <laughs> Some people want to commit they want to commit their lives to church, but they don't want to commit their lives to the Lord. That's not always the same thing either. But he, he walked with God 300 years. Verse 23, so all the days of Enoch were 365. When he was 365, verse 24 happened. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Enoch disappeared one day. They didn't know where in the world he went. But he was just walking with God. Apparently, this relationship he had with him that spanned 300 years, he didn't backslide in the middle. He didn't have, I'm in a rough period right now. Well, you know, I've gone through some hard times, and so I just haven't been praying as much, and I haven't been spending time with the Lord. He didn't waste his time backsliding. How many know backsliding is a waste of time? If I'm going somewhere, every time I backslide, I've got to make up ground. Hmm. Every day I spend where I'm, I shirk my relationship with God. I don't spend any time. I don't talk to Him at all. Well, I'm losing ground. I'm not moving forward. Think about it. If you moved forward for 300 years with God, every day you knew Him more. Every day you spent, you spent time with him. I don't know exactly what his life looked like. He doesn't give us the details. Just says he walked with God. Apparently he got so close that he disappeared. Maybe, I've heard people say this before, that uh, a, person, a person said, there have been times when I've been praying and I got out there so far, I didn't know if I could make it back. It's like you're so caught up with the Lord, so caught up in the Spirit, that you might just stay there. Enoch didn't make it back. He was walking with God one day, and he was just gone. He was just gone. Wow. Is it possible for Enoch, even in an unregenerate state, to walk with God to have such a knowing and relationship with God. If he could, we could. I think because we got filled with the Spirit. We can speak in a new tongue. we got the life of God. We've got God's revealed word here. We should be able to do double time and do it in less than 300 years. I think we should, we should be able to have a relationship with him that is just amazing. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. This is the other part, uh, portion of Scripture that gives us a little insight into, into Enoch. Hebrews 11 and verse 5. 11, 5 says, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before that he was taken, he had the testimony that he pleased God. 
And so we see that he walked with God for 300 years. And what else, what else do we know about him? He pleased God. He had a testimony that he pleased God and he was taken away by faith. We know that this walk that he had with the Lord was a faith walk. Now think about it. It's not possible for a person to have faith in God if they don't know him. Enoch was taken by faith. How did he get such great faith? He walked with God for a long, long time consistently. And when you get to know someone who's flawless and faithful and perfect in every way, you can have absolute faith, unwavering, unquestioned faith in Him. The reason sometimes people have so much difficulty with faith is because they don't know God. That might sound, might sound kind of hard, but we know this. It could be they don't know God in a certain area. They know certain aspects of God. They know Him in certain areas, but they don't know Him in other areas. Therefore, they have trouble believing God and standing strong. But think about it. If you had, uh, let's say you have uh, young children, and uh, some of you do, some of you did, some of you will, uh, would you let a stranger babysit your young children? You know, maybe someone's just walking through your neighborhood and you're talking to your spouse and say, we've got to run and do this, this, and this. Man, we need a babysitter. And you look out the window. How about that guy? Would you go, would you go out there and say, would you mind watching our kids for a few hours? <laughs> well, why wouldn't you do that? Well, simply because you can't trust him, right? Why? He, but he might be trustworthy. Might be one of the strongest people, most faithful, most caring, most dependable people in town. But you don't know him. And if you don't know him, you can't trust him. And this, this is true about the Lord. He absolutely is the most dependable, the most faithful, most trustworthy person in all of the universe. But if you don't know him, you can't trust him. And you can't fake it. But when you get to know him, you realize, you know, absolute confidence. You know, like when, when you, you get someone to catch you, they say, I'll catch you. Just go ahead and fall back. <laughs> Come on, trust me. <laughs> How many know if you don't know that person really well, you can't trust him. I'm telling you, the foot's going back. You know what I'm talking about? You're going to go, <laughs> because you don't know for certain. But is it possible to get to a place with God where we know him so well that we say, Lord, I trust you. I'm going back. I'm going to do whatever I need to do. You just know it. I'm telling you, we can know him that way. We can know him that way in healing and in, in provision and in, in, in answering prayers in so many areas. But it's not possible. For us to have a strong faith life if we don't know God. This is where 
indirectly, we know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word, and the Word is one of the ways that we know God, but indirectly, when we spend time just worshiping and just talking with Him, we're getting to know Him. Indirectly, that's helping our faith life. It's helping us to know Him, to trust Him. We find out what He is like. And, uh, amen. You get to, know, get to know a person by being with them in many different environments and life experiences. That's why when someone, uh, uh, when a man and a woman first meet, first get acquainted and they're interested in having a relationship, uh, they need to be around each other in more than you know, dating situations before they're really going to understand and know each other. And that's why so they're the greatest person on the earth. I just love them. Yeah, but have you seen it? Have you ever seen someone say no to them? (laughs) Have you ever been around them when the pressure's on, when they didn't get their way? Or when they weren't feeling very well, or, 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 or they had a financial challenge. Have you ever seen them in those circumstances? If you haven't, you don't know them. Okay, they might be the greatest person in the world, but you might find out there's, there's a tiger living inside of them. And you're going to wake up one morning, and there they are. After you're married, <clears throat> oh. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Amen. And just like we get to know each other that way. See, many of us don't know. We know each other in this environment. But a lot of us haven't been around each other in various situations and and, and circumstances of life. So we know each other to a certain degree. All right. What about our relationship with God? How do you know Him? And at what times have you spent with Him? It's important to be with the Lord... When things are good in your life and when things are bad in your life. In other words, some people only serve God. They're only in church and active in their relationship with God when things are going well. And when they have challenges, when they have situations, they're gone. They basically backslide. And there are others who are the opposite. When everything's good, they're on the mountain. They're doing their own thing. Nothing's wrong with the mountain inherently. But when things are bad, then they run back. We have both those kinds of people that come to our church, by the way. Some come when everything's bad. Some come when everything's good. And then there's all of you guys that come no matter what. (laughs) Faithful, day in, day out, committed to the Lord in every way. Say, what about them? Well, you know. God loves people no matter where they're at, right. right? However, if they really want to get to know Him, they need to know Him more than just He's my Savior when I'm in trouble. They need to know Him on the victory side too. Amen. And the other way around. It needs to be on both sides. Walk with God no matter what's happening in life. When you don't know, when you do know. When there's uh, when there's trials, when there's temptations stay with him and you'll get to know him in every circumstance and you're going to come out we know the answer you're going to find out he's faithful and he's able and he's your victory every single time but there is a difference in knowing about God that he is good 
and reading it in Scripture. The Lord is good and His mercy endures. Scriptures like that. It's a whole nother thing to experience His goodness. When I've been through it and God was there to deliver me. God was there to take care of me. To show me His goodness and His faithfulness. Now I not only know it here. I also know it in a practical way. That's called knowing God. Amen. Spending time with Him. But not just time when it's comfortable or feels good. It's all time. Pray without ceasing. At all times walk with the Lord. And your knowledge of God will shoot higher. You'll learn about Him. And you'll know Him through the Word. But you'll also know Him day to day. Amen. He was there with me when I went through this. God was there with me. Amen. When, the, when, this ha- when this thing happened. I made mention earlier of that interview that I saw with the Warners. I thought it was interesting. One of the things that Kurt said. Because uh, a lot of that was new to him. But his, I don't know if it was his wife at that time. I don't really know the timeline of their marriage. But his wife's parents got killed in a tornado. And he was, he was saying that was the first time I really experienced the presence of God. That's amazing. In other words, God's comfort to help them in their dire straits. Tornado wasn't of God. But they looked to the Lord when that happened. And he said, I experienced God. God's, te- God's real presence in my life. Well, what happens? See, there's an opportunity in situations for people to say, Ah, man, hang this. Well, what? no, walk with God during those times. And watch how he comes through. We come out on the other side. We know Him. You know Him. You trust Him. Amen. It's not just a religion with you. Not something that's going to come and go. Up and down. You're the same. This year as you were, you know, last year. In other words, your commitment to God. Because it's a genuine relationship. Amen. Father, thank You tonight for Your presence. Thank You for speaking to our hearts and directing our lives. We believe that you're faithful and at work in our hearts and you're revealing yourself to us. Lord, thank you for revealing yourself to us. Show us more of you. It's what we desire. It's what we long for. Every morning when we wake up, it's you that we desire. Lord, we commit our way to you. I thank you that you bring it to pass. Lord, I thank you for walking with us. Even when we've turned astray or we've gone the wrong way, you've always been there. And we purpose in our hearts even tonight to always be there by your side. To walk with you the remainder of our days here upon the earth. And then, of course, throughout eternity. Lord, thank you for giving us that ability, giving us that understanding so we may walk this way. In Jesus' name. Father, I do pray for those tonight who have come to church that are not right with you. Those who haven't been saved. I pray that you draw them to your heart.